Hello everybody, and welcome. That is Bellinor, and that is Tressa Bergsma, and this is How Eerie. Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us for our first episode. Woohoo! We're so excited. I we're really stoked. I sound a little bit not stoked right now, only because apparently in my house, if you try to record after midnight, the call and our recording breaks out endless time and echoes and I'm just pretty sure that my house is haunted at this point because anytime we record for the nights it doesn't happen. The spirits just want to come out. It's is that for witching hour? I thought witching hour was like three. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's three. Know. But I mean they're like, on their own time. Bob. I wish we were joking. Yeah. I, we really wish we were joking. We have we have been recording this and we've spent hours trying to get the audio to work and so we are just a little bit tired. <laughs> that is an understatement. Or when we were trying to record our intro, we would be talking on uh, our site, and every single time one of us would go to start it, it would completely cut out. Like it, it was not even funny. It would, it would just stop. Yeah. And then we would be talking straight yeah. and have no issues at all. And then all of a sudden it just cut out. Like the second one of us says, okay, three, two, one. It, it's just immediately is like, no, we're not going to do it. Yep. And it makes no sense because we literally did nothing to change it. So there's no rhyme or nope. reason. Mm-mm. There's no like, oh, the Wi-Fi just happens to cut out in that moment. Yeah. Off. Yeah. What? No. And we're both literally sitting by our Wi-Fi boxes at this point. Yeah. I set up our whole, like, second bedroom to be, like, my podcast layer, and it just has not has not worked. So I'm, like, literally sitting right next to my Wi-Fi router in hopes that, like, that fixes it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting right next to mine, too, because, yeah, we were like, I can't do another take of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just we can't do we can't keep on redoing the intro we can't do it <laughs> i know I, <laughs> at this point though we're honestly we've talked for so many hours now that oh my gosh yeah I, just setting up the podcast everything um we're doing it all virtually right now just um for political correctness and mm-hmm. we're a little ways away from each other but yeah we, we've spent I don't know, probably 12 hours total on mm-hmm. Zoom. Just, oh my gosh. Just trying geez. to figure it out. And we're not even using mm-hmm. Zoom to like do the recording. We're using like software for it, but mm-hmm. we want to see each other. You know, you want to see each other's reactions to things. And it's been a wild ride. Next week's mm-hmm. audio should definitely be better. I think we figured out our situation, but it requires some more parts that we don't have. But we yeah. want to get that so episode we do out. Apolog- yeah, we do apologize for not the best audio in the whole world. Um, we're doing our very best, and it will get better from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is episode one. <laughs> kind of a trial. Yes. Kind of still figuring stuff out. I mean, we have our professional microphones and stuff. We just, yeah, like you said, we need a couple more parts, and they're going to take a couple days to get here. And we just don't have a couple days. Yes. So, no, so many of you are so excited. I know, and we are so excited. Yes. Like, I am so excited to get this out. I'm so excited to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to give you an idea of the schedule, um, since this is the first episode, we're going to kind of walk you through as we go of, like, what to expect for future episodes. We're going to be putting out an episode every Friday, and in those episodes, we're each going to tell a true crime story to each other, and then we're going to end the episode 
by telling two listener stories. Um, and those are going to be ones that you sent in via email or through our website. They can be anything from true crime to supernatural. To cold, paranormal. We are ready. Yes. Tell us some spooky ass things. <laughs> and we, we're for it. We are all for it. This yes, is all for it. I'm ready. And then on the first of every month, we will be doing a episode that is dedicated to all things supernatural, conspiracy. Those ones are going to be so fun. I'm so excited. I already have like my first couple picked out. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just completely stoked for them. And I know a couple people that I've already told, um, not what the story is because that's a surprise to both my co-host here, mm-hmm. Ella, and all of you. Each week we're surprising each other and our audience, but I already have them picked out. I know that people are getting excited for those episodes too. I am personally excited. <laughs> I'm pumped. They're going to be a wild yes. ride. Um, I'm going to give one little teaser since it's going to be our first one. First supernatural episode is going to be something that has to do with a conspiracy theory that involves Barack Obama being on Mars. Oh, (laughs) the plot thickens. (laughs) Barack Obama on Mars. It involves some time travel and Mexico. Oh, and that's all I'm going to say. Oh, we got Barack Obama, Mars, and Mexico. Honestly, that's the title. Can you ask for a better, <laughs> yeah, a better combination? Wow, I'm excited for that one. So, Bella, I was wondering something. Yes. Um, we haven't talked about this yet. When I told my husband and my family and just even just random people that have asked me what I do, um, that I'm starting this podcast. Um, I've gotten some interesting reactions. Oh. And I was wondering what your husband and your family said. Um, I remember actually my first day that I decided that I wanted to do this podcast. I was sitting on the couch. I was really excited thinking about all the possibilities, all the things I could talk about. And I immediately went to my room to wake up my husband and tell him about it. And, you know, of course, he's not exactly happy when I'm waking him up. But <laughs> I'm like, no, but this is great news. So I have to tell you. And of course he was, he was excited because he knows like, this is definitely my jam. But my mom, on the other hand, not, not really here for that. <laughs> she asked me, she's like, no, she's like, I thought you wanted to stay away from dark stuff. And I was like, okay, oh. but the opportunity arose and it was a, it was a freaking good one. So I couldn't say no. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not like, so. You know, in this podcast, yeah, it's, you know, the topics are dark, but it's going to be a true crime comedy podcast, mm-hmm. which I know can be a little bit offensive to some people. Um, but comedy is a, you know, it's a coping mechanism for people, you know, when dealing with morality, it's a big topic. It's a heavy topic. And for a lot of people, they just deal with it by joking around, um, not in a disrespectful way to any of the victims um that's the opposite of our goal we are always going to try to be as respectful as possible but we are just laughing at ourselves and each other and our jokes Mm. um along the way you know like i said it's how we deal with our morality and i mean i personally i deal with cope with everything in my life with comedy i cope with mental illnesses that i struggle with and everything like that's just how i cope Mm. it doesn't make it funny (laughs) but it's the things aren't funny but when you find something to laugh at about it it's like laughing at how like shitty something is it just it Mm -hmm. makes you feel a little bit better Mm-hmm. I, I do the same. I have really bad anxiety and I just sit there and I'm like, wow, God really was like, here's some anxiety. Enjoy. <laughs> and it, like, I, I feel a little bit better. <laughs> like anxiety freaking sucks, but it makes me laugh a little. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so this is kind of a little bit of a warning just to everybody. If 
that is not your jam. If you know you are going to be offended by that, you know, you, you don't have to listen to this podcast is for you, but for us, and I know that there's a large group of people that also deal with it this way. You know, this is how we deal with our morality. This is how we, you know, and in doing this podcast, we're also, you know, keeping the victims' names alive. One of my favorite things, uh, it's not quite a quote, it's more of just kind of a saying, but it's that you die to death. One of those is when you die. And the second is when people stop mentioning your name and talking about you. And in this podcast, we are going to be still mentioning their names, still talking about them, still, you know, keeping, keeping them alive in a little bit of a sense. Um, obviously there's nothing, you know, we can't bring them back to life, but. You can still keep their memory alive mm. and still keep their case alive and in people's minds. And bring awareness, so, too. You know, there are things in every case that you learn, like saying, oh, you know, maybe I won't go on Craigslist. Right. <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. some things or, you know, maybe instead of red yeah, flag. or maybe instead of walking to my car on my phone, I'll just walk to my car with my phone in my purse and not. Pay attention to it, and mm-hmm. you or know. when I get into my car, I'll lock. I lock my door every single time. That. Every single time, yes. and sometimes never sit in your car with the doors unlocked. That's yeah. lesson one in our podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> please don't do that. Please yeah, don't do that again. Sometimes yeah. I'll forget, and I'll be in my car, and I'll see someone, and then I'm like, shoot. Oh, I should lock it, but I don't want them to think I'm locking it because I'm scared of them. But I also am like, should I be scared of them? So honestly, it's just a good habit. <laughs> honestly, and you know what? Screw being polite. Yes. Like if that person is making you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like even if it's just like a guy that's starting to walk towards your car, mm-hmm. like a creepy woman, um, you have every right to let them know that they're being creepy. Mm-hmm. And if they're not a creep, you know, that they should just know to like kind of fix like whatever's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. But if they are a creep, then they screw it's, it. Also, it doesn't yeah. matter if you have that. Yeah. Like, it's also a good way to be like, yo, I see you. <laughs> you ain't slick. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Actually, I haven't told you this yet, but today I went for a drive. My kids just, we just all needed to get out of the house. And so we were just driving around the county and I saw this woman walk up to a car that wasn't hers. And throw an apple at it aggressively, <laughs> stare at the car for a minute, and then walk Dude, away. Dude, I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That was what I witnessed today. And I didn't, like, obviously, no one, no one was around. All It was just my, like, toddler and my baby in the car. So I had nobody to just, like, okay, did we did, did did y'all see that? that? Right? Am I tripping? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> it was, I was like, what is going on? on like wow. what, what was the circumstances wow, i wish i could see that <laughs> i wish i, I want to oh, know her yeah. story woman i know yeah woman who threw an apple on a car right yeah us. tell us tell us why you did that because i want to know <laughs> did, was it like a boyfriend situation like yes what, what happened did they cut you off in traffic and all you had was an apple <laughs> like she got out of her car physically walked up to a park car nobody in it and just threw the apple we love to see it walked away we love to see it (laughs) oh my gosh um but i was also going to tell you so um back to our question or the question that i had asked you um when i told my husband he's actually deployed right now and so i don't like i couldn't obviously tell him face to face and so i just sent an email and uh all i did was send it all caps 
hey, I'm starting a podcast. <laughs> no, no context or anything. I just ended up pushing send after that. And, um, as one does, <laughs> I looked at it for, I looked at it for a minute and I was like, should I explain it? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it 24 hours. I'm going to sit on it and marinate. I'm just going to see what he said. Ew, I hate that word. Uh, marinate. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hated it when I said it too. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> like it was, it's like it's what I even thought in my head in the moment, like as I was doing it. But like now that I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't sound right. I don't like it. Cool. Anyways, we marinated um, overnight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's very supportive of my endeavors and stuff. But um. My mom's reaction also <laughs> kind of funny that you mentioned your mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, I think the only thing that she said was, uh, please, please don't. <laughs> please, please don't do this. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure that she, you know, she likes to try to be like supportive and stuff. And so I'm sure that she was like, okay, I'm going to try to listen to it. It's not my topic. I'm, you know, I'm going to try to be supportive. And I guarantee that she's turned it on, started listening, and got to, like, the end of the theme song and turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she was like, nope, you know what? I don't think I can do this. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. This is too much for me. <laughs> when I started watching Criminal Minds, I told my mom all about it. And she was like, oh, like, that that could be interesting, you know, like, learning the psychology of, like, criminals and whatever. And she told me she watched the first, like, couple episodes, and she just felt so sick <laughs> oh, no. i was like they're not even that bad like come on <laughs> no they're not and you know what the first time that i heard about criminal minds i, I was at my very first sleepover ever oh yeah I, of course just yeah, girly yeah. things <laughs> anyways so i was at my friend's house and she had two older siblings and they were talking about it like they were substantially older mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, the show, it's so, you know, it's so scary and everything. And I was like, oh. And then they mentioned that it was called Criminal Minds. And I was like, in my little two-year-old brain, I was like, okay. Noted. noted. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then at some point, like, when I was old enough to use, like, On Demand and, I don't know, we were kind of latchkey kids. Like, we did have a babysitter. Mm-hmm. But then there was, like, times that we didn't, I don't know. Mm. But... As soon as I was able to, I just started watching them from beginning to end, and I watched every single episode, and I was like, okay, cool, this is my topic now, I want to know everything about everything. <laughs> We're going to watch every single episode now. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. I watched all of them. Um, I was I haven't seen, like, the newest seasons, but I saw all, like, the retro Girl, let me hook ones. you up. I bought all the newest seasons. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. They are. They're so good. I really, I know this is controversial, but I think that I like the like later seasons cast a little bit more than the earlier seasons cast. Oh, I don't think I could. I just, as soon as I saw the new seasons cast, I was like, I don't think I can dive back into the show because I'm like emotionally Mm. invested in those characters. Yeah. Like There's, that's what I grew up yeah. with. You know, that was my that was like my, my earliest memories yeah. of true crime. Yeah, I there's a like quite a bit of a last the entire series, but there's just a couple like the ones that I didn't really like that much ended up going away and then get got replaced with people that I liked a lot more. It's so good. You just gotta watch them. They're worth the buy. <laughs> 
I know. I like I love the office mm-hmm. and I know that that's like a basic thing to say, but like I do love the office and now that it's off Netflix, I feel lost and I haven't turned on my TV <laughs> since we're at like I don't know getting close to the end of January mm-hmm. and it was off on uh January 1st. I feel, uh, yeah, I just can't bring myself to buy them, even though I love it. I've watched it front to back a million times already. I just, I can't commit (laughs) to buying it. Okay, well, should we get into our story? Yes, yes. Okay, so for our stories this week, and we won't normally be doing a theme, but just for uh, the first episode, we wanted to tell you guys the story that got us into true crime. Um, and each week we're going to be taking turns going first, trading off. And so I think this week, Bella, did you want to go first? Yes, ma'am. I'm so stoked about my story. <laughs> I can't wait to tell I'm you. I'm really stoked to hear yeah. it. I'm really stoked. I, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to grab my wine here and I'm going to let you tell me a story. I am sorry. Yes. Okay. Okay. So actually I remember. So, okay. You texted me and you said, what if we did our podcast this week about true crime stories that got us into all of this and I instantly knew I instantly knew the story I was going to cover because I remember so vividly like I was at home with my mom and we were watching a documentary together and I was like eight (laughs) I'm like why did you put this on for me at eight I don't know but I'm happy she did because it was so interesting but um yeah I remember watching this documentary with her and it was really interesting so yeah this week I'm going to talk about Carla Faye Tucker and Danny Garrett Mainly Carla Faye, though, <laughs> just because he's that. I don't know if I recognize this, and I I have watched a lot of true crime shows, and I have listened to I listen to true crime podcasts mm-hmm. probably too much, like yeah. really probably too much, like a problematic <laughs> amount that I should probably talk to my therapist about. You know, what? Um, whatever gets you just through. to you know a better help if you want to go ahead and uh, sponsor us um, that would also be great we've got problems we, we, yeah be... all of the ones i watched this at eight sponsor. like i could use some therapy okay um do does any wine clubs want to sponsor us uh we are op- <laughs> we are very open to sponsors uh, any and all any we'll, and all we will talk about anything <laughs> um but yeah so i'm mainly going to talk about carla Faye just because she's the one that the documentary was about um okay. so she had a partner who helped her in this but mainly she's the one that's interesting <laughs> um she was born november 18th 1959 and she died february 3rd 1998 and then the date of her crime was july 13th um 1983 and like the interesting thing about her is she was the first woman to be put to death in texas since 1863 and it was the hanging of chapita rodriguez I am wow. so sorry if I said that wrong. <laughs> yeah, just a fair warning. Um, I mean, I'm not even very good at English. Uh, I don't know about you, but, um, and it sounds horrible. I wish I was better. I wish I wasn't just another dumb American. <laughs> I wish I knew other languages better. But yeah, uh, if we butcher things, you, you're allowed to correct us. You can write in on our website or no. I mean, we just, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes other languages, like you're supposed to have like this accent mm-hmm. flair with it. 
And that takes a lot of courage. It does. I know that I don't have. And I'm not brave because I feel like the second I start to try to roll my R's, it's going to sound so stupid. So I'm just like, I'm going to say it's so, like, so stupid. But please. It almost seems like it would be offensive for me to try to roll my R's. Yeah. Because it would probably be that bad. Yeah. Yeah, Honestly. So, yeah, I'm sorry if I said that wrong. But (laughs) she was Mm -hmm. the first woman to be executed. In Texas since 1863. Since 1860. And what date was she executed? She was executed February 3rd, 1998. So quite a bit of time. That's a long, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a long stretch in Texas. Yeah. They just like be like, you know what? If you're a woman, we're not going to yeah. kill you. No, exactly. But I mean, there was like a period where they didn't, They that was like up for debate, you know? So there was like a period of time mm-hmm. that they were doing that. But then the Supreme Court. Yeah, the period between like the period between like where they hung people and like yeah, them. <laughs> I, know. I don't know that might be me. I'm like I my know. history is but. not great either, but I know there was a period of time that they like were not doing that, so I'm sure that contributed. But um, yeah, starting off with her like early life, she was the youngest of three sisters, and a little tidbit, <laughs> she started smoking cigarettes at eight. With her sisters. Nice. Really solid. Nice. Really just really working that long um, health. But this is this is probably back at the time where, like, I mean, I don't know exactly, so this might be some, like, millennial accident. <laughs> but, like, I think that that's when they thought cigarettes were so good for you. Yeah. So, like, at that point, her parents must have just been like, Yeah, oh, right. you had a stressful day at school. <laughs> Here you go. Did somebody call you a name? Have a pack of cigarettes. Because oh otherwise, oh, I mean, yeah. how was she, A, buying them? I'm sure that there was an age limit, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess you can correct us on that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you have the money at eight? I don't. I don't know. What? Are you stealing them? Are you just, I really. You're not hiding I it. really don't know how no she way. got there. But, yeah, she started off at eight <laughs> doing that. Oh and then at 10, she learned that she was the result of an affair. Like, Aww. yeah, could you imagine? Like, that's when you're just, like, that's right gross. at the age of getting, like, super self-aware. And then you learn that, and you're like, that's yeah. great. That's That, fun. like, rocks your whole, like, sense of identity. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because like, that's when you really have start to be like, this is who I am. This is who my family is. Mm-hmm. Everything like that. And so, yeah. you, like, all of that was a lie. Yeah. And to learn that, like, <laughs> your dad isn't your biological dad. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. And then um, at 12, she started to do drugs, and she started to be sexually active. So oh, no. that's also great. Oh, dear. <laughs> and, like, nothing against sexual activity, but not when you're 12. Yeah. Because no matter what, that's a bad situation. Yeah. Because, like, if she's doing it with other people. Well, and also, like, is she using protection good. either? Like... Yeah, she's probably not safe. I'm sure she wasn't educated in it at all yet. No. And also, I'm sure that the guys must be older. And like, I, it kind of sounds a little bit like pedophilia mm-hmm. maybe. playing a role involved. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, drugs. <laughs> that's uh, that's intense. That's another wild card. Like, and honestly, how does she even get that? <laughs> How do you get money? For I, I know. I don't have money for drugs right now. I no. can't afford anything. <laughs> like a full grown adult who gets tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that and also, yeah. like, where is she finding these people? I have never understood that. How do you meet how, yeah. somebody that. Like, how do you just come across <laughs> that? I really don't understand. 
I had actually the first encounter of someone trying to like give me drugs the other day. <laughs> it was oh, my no. very first time. Was it like hard drugs? No, was it was it, like... weed, but it was still a like. <laughs> it's legal. I know, but yeah. We live in Washington State, mm-hmm. up here in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. you know. Serial killer breeding ground. Everyone's depressed, <laughs> you know. But we do have legal weed. Mm-hmm. But why would somebody come in, like, I know, try to. I know. It to you. That doesn't make sense anymore. It's like, this is, this is clearly not weak. I, it was just, I did not look like I would want that, <laughs> you know? And like, we just looked like a whole bunch of dorks with our snacks for our movie nights. Go watch rom-coms together. <laughs> and, yeah. and somebody walks up here and is like, would you like some weed? Yeah, yeah, he came up to us and he... He, like, said, how how are you guys, or whatever, and he was closer to my husband, so I wasn't, like, in the conversation, you know, but, because he was mainly talking to my mm-hmm. husband, but he was, like, he asked him how we were, and he didn't, Jesse didn't hear him, and so he's, like, what? And he just gradually <laughs> gets closer to this man as he's, like, he repeats himself, and he, he's, like, I'm sorry, what did you say? And he's, like, right up to this man's face, and he's, like, do you want some bud? <laughs> Oh my god. And Jess is like, oh, no thanks. <laughs> like, we are just the nerdiest couple, dude. <laughs> oh, no uh, thank no you. Thank Have you. a good day. Nice meeting you. <laughs> like, P.S., I could buy it. I know. If I wanted it, like, if that was something I was interested yeah. in, um, I don't think I need I to would. go to you. <laughs> I'm a little sketched out by I you. I know. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Don't talk to strangers. No. I was so shook that that happened. (laughs) And like I said, that was my first encounter of being like offered a drug. (laughs) So I'm like, how are you? Well, I went to a community college. Mm. I went to a community college at 18. And so I, uh, you know, that happened earlier Mm. for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was, was, yeah. I mean, I've been offered by like people I knew, but. Not ever just some strange mm. stranger in the, a you know, stranger. just in passing. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Um, <laughs> hey, do you like want some, do you want some bud? So, yeah, now that's our joke. That's <laughs> yeah, so funny. I know. But anyways, back to Carla. She was doing drugs at 12, and then she dropped out of school at 14 to travel the country with her mom, who was a rock groupie. Yes. Yeah. In that time, she became a sex worker, and she traveled with the Eagles. So, okay. yeah, All right. at 14. Um, I would say live your best life, but 14. <laughs> it's a little young. That's the thing about, like, I'm not saying anything bad about sex workers, but, like, at 14, nobody, no. she, there's no, like, consensual, like, people her mm-hmm. age or anything like that. Like, I guarantee everyone yeah. is much older, and that, that's when it gets, like, that's gross. Mm-hmm. I take a firm stance against yeah. that. I feel like confident <laughs> in my stance. Of that, 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 well, that. and also, like, when you're at that age, you just want to be cool, you know? And so yeah. it's mm-hmm. so easy for people to talk you into doing something that you don't want to do because you don't want to seem uncool. So that's mm-hmm. just like, that is just the worst, the worst age to be making those choices. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, I mean, it's already been two years since she started. Yeah. However, that's mm-hmm. you know? when she started having sex in the first place. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. I mean, I'm feeling bad for her. But I do know that she gets put to death later. <laughs> she and she so does like, get okay, executed. She's clearly going to not deal with it well. Yeah. 
Um, I advise therapy. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. BetterHelp.com. <laughs> please sponsor us. <laughs> How many times do I have to say I know. it? Like, please. We're not joking. What qualifies us? <laughs> We've got a plethora of issues. We, we can definitely <laughs> help with. Yeah. Deal with. And then um, she was briefly married at 16, but, you know, that did not last long. <laughs> And then, yeah, I mean, at sixteen, you don't know what you know. You, yeah, you don't know what you're getting into. Me getting married now, young, I was like, wow, this is this is a wild ride. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like it's kind of what you expect, but also nothing like what you expect to be married. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I wouldn't change it. I I love my husband, and I love that we got married. But it's definitely not what you expect. Like it is, but it isn't. Yeah, I just can't imagine that. It's- no, no, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. wild. But yeah, um, in her twenties, she was then introduced to Danny Garrett. His full name is Daniel Ryan Garrett. And then, yeah, at that time, he was thirty-five, and she was twenty-one. So quite the age gap there too. Yeah, I mean, I guess for her at this point, she's like forty, probably <laughs> having sex with guys that age. Yeah, you know, for so long, she's been smoking cigarettes <laughs> since eight. So she's, I mean, her body and her voice, I'm sure, is like a fifty. Yeah, girl. she's already <laughs> freaking. She's up there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and drugs and oh the whole nine. Like she's just doing it all, all of it. But then, um, transitioning into the actual murders themselves, after she met. Danny, they were hanging out together, they had a few friends together, and they spent a weekend doing drugs with their friends. Um, one of the friends' name was James LeBrant. He wasn't, like, part of the murders, but they both, all of them decided they wanted to rob their other friend, Jerry Dean, and so mm-hmm. he was part of, like, the burglary, but he wasn't part of the murders. It was just Danny and Carla. Okay. So he was, like, was he on the property then? When they yeah, went and they all decided they yeah, wanted to okay. rob Jerry Dean of his like El Camino and then various motorcycle parts that he had. But I don't think he signed up for the murder. <laughs> so that was that was fun did, for him to experience. I mean, I don't know if you're gonna answer this, but did like Carla plan on the murder? I I've seen mixed things that she did and things that she didn't. So I'm not like super mm-hmm. sure about that. But I mean, if you when I tell you, it seems kind of like a little bit premeditated because why would you just do this, you know? Yeah, I guess, like, but if you're robbing someone and if you're on drugs, like, the slightest anything will probably take yeah. you Yeah. I mean, I don't know what drugs she was on, but, like, I just imagine. Something. You're going to be paranoid on any kind of drug, you know? Especially, like, when you're yeah. doing a crime. Yeah. Yeah, when you're, like going out to rob somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I feel like this is... No, it does not, as you will see. <laughs> so, uh, they get to his apartment, they start the robbery, and Tucker and Garrett go into Dean's room, where they found him, and Tucker... Uh, I'm just gonna call her Carla, so that it's easier. I'll, I'll say yeah. Carla and Danny. Yeah, definitely call them by their first name. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're already getting lost. <laughs> yep. I was like, I, my brain doesn't move. Yeah. Fast. I'm still adding Every that. article that I read always referred to them, like, with their last name. So it was hard for me to do it. But then I, like, caught on to it and started writing <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to change it, and I'm just going to say Carla and Danny. But anyway, so they, Carla and Danny, they walk in Jerry's room, and they found him on the bed and Carla went up to him and she sat on him which woke him up and he grabbed her by the arms and that's when Danny intervened and started to hit him with a ball peen hammer that was in the room. Um, yeah. 
That was just in the room. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I have a serious issue with bald <laughs> Um, I don't know what they're used for outside of murder. All I've ever heard of them being used for is killing people. Mm. Um, I don't think they actually have a real use. I think we should just stop making them. You know, um, probably a good thing. I don't have one. I don't know anybody who has one. The only time I hear about them is murder, <laughs> and I, I don't get it. I don't get the other point of them. No. I, yeah, I think we should discontinue. Discontinue. Them. Yeah, <laughs> my firm Not based on a lot of uh facts or anything. Just strong opinions that I'm throwing out there. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I don't even own a hammer. I use a coaster or a rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we do own hammers. Yeah. That being said, sometimes I'm too lazy to go out to the garage, and so I have also. <laughs> I, my husband's not gonna let me because he has like all these nice hammers that he's like, you can always help yourself to and like do it right. Yeah, like I don't I'm want like, to. It's fine. I've got. You're like I have a marble. It, it's too late. I'm not going out so, there. It's harder than yeah. rock. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even know if it is, but it feels like it is. <laughs> it seems like yeah. it. It's heavier. She's thick, but yeah. Um. <laughs> she's thick marble don't mess with her but anyways so he starts to hit jerry with the ball peen hammer and why did she get on him like, i don't know you know what i mean why did she go at him first and that's of, what makes me think it was kind of premeditated because why did you do that like they had some sort of plan yeah or something. i don't know because it just doesn't sound like, like you just do that yeah like yeah, especially the woman, mm-hmm. you know, like not saying that she's necessarily weaker than him, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know? like maybe it was her idea to do it and then Danny just went along with it or like she just did it and he just mm-hmm. went into panic, you know, I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, he he left the room after he repeatedly hit him and there he, uh, Carla was left alone with him. And she said, or I don't know if she said this, but in the stories that I've read, it was written that there was a gurgling sound <laughs> coming from him because he was like partially okay. decapitated. So with a with a hammer. How how I don't I don't know. Like oh no. no. With a hammer. With a hammer. That's like that's not a knife. No, like it's it's a hammer. Knife is hard enough. Mm-hmm. Muscle and bone and organs. Like that's like that's hard to yeah. do. That takes some strength. But yeah, apparently this sound was really bothering her. And so she naturally grabbed a pickaxe and just started, start, yeah, she just started to go to town. So what? Where did the pickaxe come from? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I like to picture that it is like chilling, kind of like a samurai sword on the wall. (laughs) You know, like mounted. Yeah, it's just kind of like on the couch, just chilling, like just something very casual. Just spent a hard day's work. This is our pickaxe. (laughs) I've never even seen one in real life, but I, I have like seen a sledgehammer before mm-hmm. or like a they're like gnarly an axe i guess like a regular axe yeah i just imagine it like pretty gnarly pretty heavy kind of intense i think it's here i'm gonna look it up actually i have a yeah i can't even actually I, fully picture yeah. i just picture a pointy thing i have a picture of one i don't know if it's the one that like she actually used i found it on numerous sites and it's the same picture so i'm assuming that it is the one she actually oh, used wow. but yeah so, yeah, she started to repeatedly hit him with a pickaxe, you know, naturally. As one does. Uh, yeah. You imagine that's super gory, super bloody. I don't yeah. like that. I don't like the image of that. You oh, wouldn't no. be wrong. It's like, it's, like, worse than an axe, too. Like, with an axe, it's, like, I don't know. It just seems, axe yeah. is, like, worse enough, but, like, a pickaxe? 
It's gnarly, yeah, dude. They're gnarly. But yeah, she repeatedly hit him, and then uh, Danny came back into the room and saw it, and he uh, gave the final blow that ended up killing him. And I mean, yeah. How many can you take? I honestly, and he was probably on his way yeah, out either way. Even without that final blow, like he, there was no way, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he leaves the room again after that, and continues to go steal parts and whatever. And then Carla's left in the room alone again, and she notices Deborah Thornton, and she was just wrong place Where did she come yeah from? wrong place wrong time she was married and they had a fight and so she went to a party and like went home with him so she was not like affiliated with them at all just purely wrong place wrong time she was just there yeah and like she had heard they were like saying their names and whatever so she like they were scared that she would like be a witness to it you know so they just no. she Carla went just freaking went for it <laughs> oh no yeah oh this poor lady I know and so she wasn't even like in the drug world basically. yeah she just went to a party yeah living her life goes home with this guy yeah and so they're fighting like she's freaking swinging her pickaxe <laughs> and oh man yeah Danny comes back in the room and he goes and separates the two in which she now has like full reign over her and just starts like swinging and just going for it and she her last blow was like the in her chest of blood. yeah right in, right in the heart the amount of blood the amount of just like physical effort that takes mm-hmm. i i'm stre- like i'm not stressed i'm just i'm baffled and i i'm sick to my yeah like just picturing the scene even a little no. bit it just it's awful it's really gnarly mm-hmm. But I, I actually have not heard this story, so I'm like, I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she later on testified that she had multiple orgasms while she was doing this. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. Wait. So she te- like, did somebody ask? I, I know. I'm like, <laughs> she be like, I just want to tell you. I just want to let I you just, know. This is what I want to come out with. Yeah. Multiple orgasms? Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, there's been like a few articles that said that they both were like living their best life after because they thought they got away with it. So I imagine she probably mm-hmm. said that to one of her friends and then her friends probably out of oh, her. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's what happened, but I, I just imagine because I don't know why you would say, by the way, court, <laughs> I had multiple orgasms. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. That's like another level. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. it, it was my wild. Five weeks later, they were both arrested and they both were sentenced to death. But um, Danny died of liver disease before his execution, so he didn't die from that. He just died from the disease that he had. Yeah. He just died. He just died on death row. <laughs> and then um, her case was actually brought to the Supreme Court because it was such a, what? like, it was such a thing in that time because her, she was on death row for 14 and a half years. And in that time, she um, started reading the Bible a lot and going to a lot of, like, the prison, um, like, church ceremonies that they had or church what what are those called service church service uh, why was that so yeah, hard I'm sure for they me? Have, like groups yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like some kind of group I thing know. services yeah I'm yeah sure. like as a christian mm-hmm. i'm like what is it <laughs> <laughs> church sermon <laughs> what do i do every single week i know, I know. <laughs> but anyways wow massive brain moment but she went to like multiple of those and like started to get really invested into it and she she actually stole a bible from it to take back to herself. I'm like, girly, what are you doing? 
<laughs> okay, so that reminds me of a really funny story. So, like, super short sidetrack here. <laughs> but, like, you know how, like, stealing a Bible is, like, like you're not it, supposed yeah, to steal, but, like, itself, it's a yeah. Bible and stuff. So... And this is embarrassing to admit, but, like, my mom knows and everything. <laughs> Obviously, I got in trouble. Um, So I grew up going to a Christian private school. And in, like, sixth grade, so every week we had we had Bible class. And we had to memorize parts of the Bible and Bible verses and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And so we'd have tests on them, too. And I just, at one point, like, it just got really hard for me to do school. I think that it probably ended up having to do with, like, some other, like, mental stuff that would go undiagnosed for a long mm-hmm. time. But at this time, it was just... Just like I don't know, like I just feel like I need help, and so I cheated on my. Oh my, Tressa! <laughs> and I got in so much. Trouble. Can you imagine, like in Christian school too, where like normal school that's like yes. not okay, but like in Christian school that's like really not in okay. Christian school in Bible class, oh. yeah. No, I got I, that was a big uh, that was that was a big one for me. <laughs> a lot of trouble, which is so embarrassing to admit. But like, yeah, I I did do that though. Good, we love to see it. Yep. <laughs> yes, but yeah, it, it just but that just reminded me yeah. of that. I don't know. I'm sorry. That was like a suppressed memory that I never think about. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I cheated at freaking Christian school. <laughs> Oh no, that sounds really bad. I just, I, yes, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone's imperfect, um, especially me. especially Carlo. I mean, let's be honest here, but yeah, I guess I didn't kill anyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least you didn't take a pickaxe to someone. That, that's you're already doing better. You should never do no, that. You should never. Yep. And then also have multiple orgasms. That that's just that really adds salt to the wound. Nope, yeah, terrible. That's that's super gross. I really hate picturing. I hate picturing everything about that. <laughs> yeah, imagine me reading it. Like, oh god, I was like, what in the heck? <laughs> You're like taking the note on it. You're Multiple like, I don't orgasms from yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> who says that? Who who's like, yeah, I did that. I would be so embarrassed. Oh, like, man. if that was me, I'd be like, wow, I'm really a psycho. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is, that's the epitome of, like, no, this is bad. This is, this is actually awful. I, I am yeah. bad. But, yeah, so, oh, it no. became, like, a huge controversy because um, she became, like, a super devoted Christian on death row. Like, that in and of it, that, mm-hmm. that sentence in and of itself is, is one big contradiction, but. Yeah, and I mean. I mean, I, I know that I hear about it, like, serial killers and stuff that go to jail and, like, they're supposed to be in jail for life and then, you know, they become evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, and they're very public about mm-hmm. it. Um, it always just worries me that it, you know, not to sit there and question anyone's beliefs, but these are the kind of people that are manipulative mm-hmm. and like they can manipulate your emotions, make you like them. And most of all, like they're trying to get leniency. They're trying to get off death row. They're trying to get mm-hmm. out eventually. Like mm-hmm. they're trying to appeal. And so sometimes I worry that they are doing it for not the right reasons, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah, especially when they want tension about it, yeah. that's when it really rubs me the wrong way because it's like okay Mm -hmm. like you can be a christian and you don't need to you know you're you're in prison you can you don't need to try to yeah you don't have to shove it down someone's throat yeah it's like you can do that you can try to make good on your own time and those are the same kind of people that i'm like really so you took a pickaxe to someone's two people Mm -hmm. you know ended two lives and 
you're just going to say sorry and walk right yeah. to heaven. It's just hard for me to wrap my brain around that. Yeah. I do think, though, you know, like, for me, I believe... You know, obviously I'm a Christian, so I, it's hard because you can't lie to God, you know, like if you are someone Mm -hmm. who's like, Ooh, I'm just going to stay in the Christian just to get into heaven. Like God knows, you know, like you can't lie. He knows Mm -hmm. your heart. So I feel like in that moment, that's between her and God. If she's real or if she's not, he knows. So if her heart was totally changed and everything was different, like, that's great. I just worry that she's using, you know what I mean? Like using other people and trying to get off the throat, you know, by taking it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Like she's clearly like using that fact as leverage. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's that. so to me, that's when it's. If that was me, I'd be like, yeah, I did that and I deserve to be punished for this. Like, I wouldn't use it as help me get out. I don't want to be in prison anymore. I'd be like, I'm a devoted Christian now and I honestly deserve this, this punishment. So it's, it's Mm really, I can imagine it's really hard to come to terms with, you know, that you're going to die, but yeah, but I mean, you already took two people's mm-hmm. lives, so yeah, you know, it's time to come to terms. <laughs> it's time to come to terms. Exactly. But yeah, it was a huge controversy though because so many people believe that she like genuinely changed and like deserved a second chance, and then other people were like, "No, like burn in hell." <laughs> so yeah, that, I think that's why it was such a like interesting case. Yeah, that's why it was such a huge controversy, especially because Deborah Thornton's brother became a Christian after like a year after she died and his so that's the victim that was the one yeah it was her yeah her brother and it's crazy because his family like his mom died when he was super young and then his dad was or no his sister was murdered and then his dad was shot a year later so this man he's just really he's really going through it but wow he was one it says then it was a couple years after she died he Uh, i think it said a year after he became a christian a year and about the time that his dad died. Yeah. He was, like, super, like, depressed about it, and his drug dealer gave him a Bible, and he was smoking weed, okay. reading the Bible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, that would be a trip. Yeah. That would be one I'll say interesting ride to go on. <laughs> one of his things that he said, I watched one of the interviews that he was um, in, and there's just one thing that he said that really just gave me. He goes, um, now this is weird, you know, here you are, a drug addict, a boozer, your whole family's dead, and what are you doing? You're sitting here, smoking doobies, reading the word of God. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah, Yeah, he goes on to say, well, I'm cruising along, going through the Bible, and I get to the part where they kill Jesus. Jesus Christ is crucified when I read how Jesus Christ is crucified when I read how they hung Jesus on the cross and crucified him. That's when I slammed the book closed and I said, my God, they even killed God. Uh, yeah. I feel you, yeah. And then, yeah, I'm sure that when you're super high, that's probably such a trip. I know. <laughs> you're like, all my family is dead, and then they also killed God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like, and also, I'm sorry, sir, uh, that's pretty deep in the Bible. How did, did you just open it and start? <laughs> or did you, like, read all yeah. the way? Like, were you this high for this long? And, like, you got to that part, and you're like, I don't... Did you, <laughs> dude, even me, like, like I have like, not read the Bible all the way through. I'm just gonna be honest mm-hmm. like i can't there's too many these and nows and there's there's so many chapters of just like 
people's history, <laughs> you know. Yeah, my my husband, while well, he's been deployed, because he's been deployed for almost 10 months now, or maybe over 10 mm-hmm. months, um, he's been reading, he took the opportunity to read the Bible every mm-hmm. night um, while he was gone, and so I don't know where he's at in it, but... <laughs> I'm like, oof, that's a lot of... Uh, These mouths. Yeah, like you just said, that's a lot of history and... Yeah. You know, not every part of it is like... There's even like parts of just like with some names. It literally so says they're like, like <laughs> Jebediah's son is freaking Cain. Yeah, we're like, I know. I'm like, you just not... Like, I don't... I, I can't follow all the cousins and the uncles, the aunties. I just... I can't. <laughs> But yeah, he actually, um, Ron is his name. He actually became friends with Carla on death row. He went to her. The girl that killed his Yeah, he he went to her and told her that he fully forgived her. Wow. I'm going to be real. I I very much respect people who do that and are able to forgive. Mm -hmm. I just don't think I personally would be able to forgive somebody who killed, like, my, one of my if it was one of my kids, mm-hmm. if it was like my husband, anything like I just don't imagine a member of my family dying and being able to just. Be I like, forgive you. I forgive yeah. You. Like I think I would personally murder yeah. them myself. As much as I so. want to say that I could, like I wish that I could be like, yeah, I could do that. I really don't. Yeah, it would I be don't nice know. To say that I could. I don't. I don't think I could. Yeah. I'm sure that it's different when you're there. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, and I really respect people who mm-hmm. can. But I, my, it's I don't my know, mind. I don't can't even comprehend how that feels so i can't even begin mm-hmm. to comprehend if i could be capable of doing that but right like it's hard to even put yourself yeah there. i'm happy he found peace though he said like after he told her that he felt a huge weight lifted off his shoulders so i'm happy that like he mm-hmm. in that he yeah he healed but then there's mm-hmm. the other spectrum where deborah's husband actually like hated her like he from day one I feel that he advocated that she was put to death like he he yep. was I, i'm right there with you yeah. so that's why this case was just so interesting because there was two sides like two people who were equally yeah. close to this woman yeah. one was like yeah we're besties now and one was like no kill her so yeah it's definitely interesting. wow um i just want to take this opportunity to state what why did you watch that at eight? <laughs> that is an intense case. That is an intense That's case like for sure. Questioning morality, it's really mm-hmm. brutal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh well, God. also, like, the documentary I read was more about her becoming a Christian, but obviously it has to talk about why she's on death row. That's going to be a huge question for everybody. Uh, yeah, the documentary that I watched was more about the after part, like, more about her time on death row than about rather than like about her crimes so i mm-hmm. learned more about her crimes in this research for the podcast but um so it wasn't as graphic the one that i watched but obviously it did talk about what she did mm-hmm. but yeah i mean either way it's heavy. it is it a is lot, lot. That's a lot for your poor little eight i know <laughs> me i'm just sitting there like freaking doe-eyed like what is going on <laughs> the start of something new oh, no. i know i understand how you got into yeah. it though uh, it's an interesting case that would definitely kickstart a mm-hmm. interest yeah you know. thank you for telling me that i haven't heard that story yet yeah. and i was... cannot even bear it anymore i would love to hear your story now <laughs> okay so i'm really excited to tell you my story um so this week i am doing the story that got me into true crime 
And that story happens to be about the person who I knew who was murdered. Dun dun dun! That's wild. <laughs> Actually, I really can't comprehend that. Like, I, my brain can't even go there. Trying to think about, like, someone I know being murdered. And on a serious note, that's actually awful. It, yeah. I mean, so I'll just kind of preface it all by saying, um, I, I did know her, um, but I wasn't necessarily like friends with her, super close to her in any way. Um, she, so she was my boss's younger sister mm-hmm. and, um, just fell a little bit and I saw her two days before she died. Um, while she was out on a run, she like came by the spa and hung out for a while. Um, I had borrowed her skirt even, and I had it for a long time after she died. Um, so oh, though wow. I didn't necessarily know her on a super personal level, like, not, we were any kind of besties, um, but we were acquaintances and it was, I was 17 at the mm-hmm. time. Um, just knowing somebody who was murdered, I think, you know, that changes you mm-hmm. a little bit or like it just, it affects you in a big way. And even though I was interested in true crime for a long time before that. Um, I think that this is a story that really like kicked me, you know, kind of over mm-hmm. the edge of like, I, this is what I really like kind of a passion. Mm-hmm. For it. Like, uh, I want to know everything about why people do this, mm-hmm. how, and yeah, I don't know. It, it feels like, it feels like a comfort in a way, I think, because it's like the more stories, you know, the more you know about it, the more protected you mm-hmm. feel. So you keep your guard up. A little bit better. I think it also helps you to find a reason why. Because in like most cases, so many people are like, why did this happen? Like, what were you yeah. going through? What were you thinking? Like, what drove you to do this? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Some are like the biggest questions, I think, of humanity, you know, like, why would one person kill another mm-hmm. person? What, what would cause that? So yeah, it's, um, this is the case that kind of pushed me over the edge of like, Oh, I, I like this topic and things like that. And then journey into, I, I'm very passionate about this. Like I spend a lot of time in this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've also in like on this podcast, we want to be like open about you know, mental health, like keep that conversation open, um, kind of, you know, further break down the stigma around it and stuff. And like myself, I know that I've struggled with depression on and off and, um, you know, it didn't take knowing her extremely well for it to affect me in a real way. And seeing somebody like two days before they die, um, I think just thinking about how she had spent that time and how like she was out on a run that she loved and she was just happy and full of life and just living her every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I think about like all the time that I've personally lost to depression where like I don't want to get out of mm-hmm. bed. Um, and it's like at least she didn't spend her last couple of days literally just laying there in bed mm-hmm. like i'm able to, feeling like you're unable to get up and she um, lives her life yeah and so i think that that affected me in a real way and i think i hope that it affects kind of everybody else mm-hmm. too because um you know we all need that little bit of a kick me <laughs> up <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. definitely been there so two things two things i want to preface before i start the story um so in a lot of articles, she is referred to still as Casey McClanahan. Um, that was her married name. And actually in death, her family believed that she would have wanted it and they definitely wanted it to be changed back to her maiden name. And, um, 
I believe they actually took the legal action to do so. However, articles still refer to her as her married name. Um, I'm going to refer to her as Casey Goff if I ever um, mention her last name because that's what um, I believe family and they believe that she would want. So just to be respectful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to also give a quick trigger warning. Um, This is for domestic violence. I, you know, it's a very sensitive topic. We, we really understand if this is one of the episodes that you just can't listen Mm -hmm. to. It's, you know, it's a, it's a heavy topic. It's sensitive. It affects a lot of people. um, And it's okay. If you want to skip this one, we will see you next Mm -hmm. week. So let's dive into this. Ah, it's a roller coaster of a tale. Ooh. So this is the murder of Casey Goff. So we find ourselves early in the morning of November 2nd in 2017. We're in uh, Park City, Utah, and a barefoot Anthony McClanahan emerges covered in blood, crawling on his stomach through the corridors of his hotel where him and his wife were staying. Oh, God. And as he began to flag down a police sergeant, started convulsing and making what the officer would later describe as snow angel motions with his arm. And all of this while hysterically yelling his wife and his baby had been attacked by, and I quote, two or three men. Which is just a weird thing. Yeah. Honestly, like, if... Two or three. Uh, how, it's it's two, two or it is three. It's not. There's no yes. question. It's two. And can you imagine three. yelling that? Like being yeah. three, like, my wife and my baby were attacked by two or three. Men. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't even like bring while doing the snow angel motions. <laughs> snow angel arms. He's covered in blood. Dude. He's crawling on his. Can you just imagine that through the corridors? I mean, what a scene. To be honest. Yeah. So as he's yelling, two or three men had attacked his wife and his baby. Police officers start questioning him. Okay, like, where are your, where is your baby? Mm-hmm. Where's your wife? And Anthony was refusing to give up his wife's name or current location to the officers. Um, but then police noticed a trail of blood in the parking lot, and they made their way up to the third floor room to find a incredibly gruesome scene and a 28 year old Casey Goff. Barely clinging to life. Oh my god. Um, that is just, that is, I have no words. Yeah. So I wanted to, before I continue though, take it back and let's talk about how we, so before we continue though, I wanted to, but before we continue that, I wanted to talk about how we got to that early November morning. Carrie Colleen Goff, known as Casey, was born December 7th. 1988. She is the youngest of 10 siblings and described by friends and family as a beautiful spirit, instantly loved by people, a humanitarian. She was selfless and an amazing mother. She loved hiking and rock climbing, running, snowboarding, volunteering, but most of all, she loved her nine-year-old daughter and seven-year-old son, who were both from a previous relationship. Her and Anthony had no kids together. At the time of her death, she was planning to join the U.S. Air Force because she just loved giving service to people. That was her biggest passion mm-hmm. in her life. When Casey met Anthony in 2016, he was a personal trainer in her hometown of Bellingham, Washington. And he pushed very fast for a wedding, uh, which uh, was super worrying to her family. They were super concerned about it. Um, but they would then later note that he kind of just had us all mm-hmm. And then, in a black dress in classic Casey, unconventional <laughs> style, 
the couple got married in January of 2017. And that was her. She, you know, she's just, she always had her own style. I remember, like, in every picture of her, she did a lot of modeling. She was so She is. Um, I would just like to say, like, the photos that you sent me, she looks like everything that you're saying. Like, her eyes are so kind. Also, I love that she wore black. Freaking get it, queen. Like, yeah. Yes. Love to see it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like, it was just so her. I like, I, I wouldn't mm. imagine it any other way. Um, but yeah, she, yeah, I, I will put you posting pictures from both of our stories on our uh, social medias when this story comes out and it'll also be available on our website. Um, but yeah, then you can see how, just how beautiful and mm-hmm. full of life she was. You can just see it all mm-hmm. written on her face. Um, so the couple got married in January of 2017, not very long after meeting in 2016. But despite what you would have thought by looking at their social media accounts, which was just full of them and smiling selfies together and all these pictures they take together and they have these big smiles on their faces. Of course, things were not what they seemed behind the scenes. Um, their relationship quickly became filled with arguing and eventually pretty quickly really it led to physical abuse oh and of course anthony's marriage was not the only thing in his life that was starting to strain and that actually had been straining for a while so let's talk about him for a minute this uh wet blanket <laughs> of a human being i <laughs> love that term it's honestly the best freaking term <laughs> because that is i'm gonna be real with you i <laughs> love insult um they're a real passion of mine. When I hear a good one, I store it away, away in my brain, and uh, I just wait for a good opportunity to use it. And in real life, I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> passive, but in describing people like this, uh, it feels pretty warranted. That is the best huge. phrase I have ever heard. <laughs> a wet blanket of a few. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways. I mean, what they're blanket, just the worst. Just, like, it's just uh, actually yeah. awful. You, yeah. you get the image. <laughs> Yeah, you get the image. Okay, so right out of high school in Bakersfield, California, where he had grown up, uh, he was recruited by Washington State University to play football. And then after spending years attempting at a professional football career, Anthony had finally made it into the NFL to play for the Dallas Cowboys, but only to spend most of the 90s (laughs) on the sidelines and never stepping foot in a real game. Karma, she came early, but in the best way. She did. (laughs) (laughs) She did. And you know what? We, yeah, we're laughing at Mm -hmm. him because he deserves it. He, this guy, we are, we are fully allowed to make fun of him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have reserved that right. Oh my god! Uh, so this is good because he gets roasted by the by the media too. So his his career is described by many sources as unnotable. Oh and mediocre. god! Can you imagine <laughs> unnotable? That's what yeah. he's going to go down wow. as. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I only note that because his NFL career was something that he based so much of his pride and ego on. He would tell everyone about it. He would take pictures with strangers being like, oh, I'm an ex NFL player. I actually know somebody. Who oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He never stepped foot in the game. He spent the whole 90s waiting <laughs> on the sidelines. <laughs> My gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, it was mainly all on his head, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, there was no football <laughs> career, really. Like, you, yeah. I'm sure that he got paid still, but. Barely. <laughs> 
you know, not not like he was. They paid him like a fan or like playing in any <laughs> game. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's basically paid to like yes. be a prop on the <laughs> sideline. So eventually, he quit the Cowboys and he went up and played in Canada for a few years, where his stats were then again described as nothing to note. And that's on his wiki page. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever page. That's that's what they described his Good. career as. No, nothing to note. Nothing yep. no, nothing great going on beautiful. Here. <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a good way to describe that. So then sometime after retirement, he moved up to Bellingham, Washington, where he became a fitness coach and a, a private personal trainer at his business that he called 41 Sports. And 41 was his jersey number of the, again, didn't play. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, you like, know. you're just dooming your business, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, choosing to put 41 to recognize a jersey that didn't even make it to the grass. My guy. Yeah, and so he, you know, he based his life, his ego, even his business on this like false I I am an NFL player. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm a professional. (laughs) Professional at sitting. (laughs) Yes. I'm sure that he still held his hand. My bad. My bad. I am so sorry. <laughs> we will get credit where credit is due. <laughs> actually, I have no idea yeah. what they do on the side. <laughs> I actually don't know. I they assume. Stand. <laughs> I, I picture them standing. So then at his job, he received many complaints for his narcissistic behavior, excessive swearing, and poor treatment of clients. Naturally. Yes. Red flags. <clears throat> but Casey didn't put up with his bullshit treatment for very long. Uh, she reportedly fled from her husband multiple times. She'd pack her bags and then go seek refuge at her mm. sister's home. But because of her love for Anthony and, you know, the abuser relationship is very, it's hard. It's hard mentally. It's hard to get away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, she still cared for him, but then, you know, there's like fear and it's really complicated, yeah. very murky. We completely, obviously do not blame yeah. him for going back to him. Um, in any Especially way. when you're um, married to like you, you're it's right. Yeah, yeah like you're spouse. legally com- like you're you're bound together by law. You're bound. So I, I can totally understand mm-hmm. trying trying every effort to make it work mm-hmm. before just mm-hmm. referring to divorce. And um, her family would describe uh, her going back to him as she really had like a kindness mm-hmm. in her heart for him. Um, just, you know, I mean, I think that there's a little bit of that, too, of, like, if you're with somebody who is toxic or, you know, is abusive, and they haven't been together for very long, not even, like, a year at this point, and, you know, she probably still has a sense of, like, mm-hmm. I can fix him yeah. in some way, you know, like, or we can make this better, mm-hmm. he can change, it's not like it's yeah. going on. Yeah, we can compromise, we can, um, we can find a solution, yeah. Mm-hmm. We can figure this out. And so, yeah, she, she did return to him multiple times. And in their first year of marriage, which they didn't even make it to the one-year mark. Oh, wow. I'm warning you. But first year, they are seen all over social media, and they're repping his 41 Sports brand. They're doing outdoor activities. They're volunteering. Lots of pictures of them smiling together, taking pictures with random people that want pictures mm-hmm. of Anthony and um you know, she's there, and so she mm-hmm. takes pictures, too. But unfortunately, you know, as we know, uh, but not mm-hmm. not everybody knew, things were not at all as they seemed. And Anthony was slowly 
unraveling at the scene. Hmm. In a last attempt to save their marriage, um, after some more abuse and her leaving and then mm-hmm. back and like all the murky relationship stuff, um, Casey agreed to go and help the recent victims of Hurricane Harvey in Houston, Puerto Rico with him. Um, cause that's kind of what they would do together. They would go out and they'd, uh, you know, do humanitarian work and they'd do it as 41 sports, which I don't, I don't quite understand. I think it was a little bit of a non-profit mm. as well. Um, but they'll put mm-hmm. me on that. But yeah, they would go out and they'd rep the brand and then they'd go and they'd take pictures volunteering and stuff like that. That's just was like what Anthony wanted to do. And then I think for her, she was just like, I like to volunteer. I like to get awareness to this kind of stuff. But for him, he really had to put on a front mm. for social media. Um, it comes up multiple mm-hmm. times in the story. Him and his social yes. media-ness. I don't know. <laughs> so while they were in Puerto Rico, another tropical storm hit. Um, and in a really haunting, really disturbing, uh, Facebook Live video, Anthony is standing outside, uh, and it's off, it's live, and he's yelling, commanding the storm. He tells the storm to keep raining. It tells it to stop. He claims that he's Zeus or God. He uh, he says like that people deserve this, and then he, he tries to say, I have a meeting with her. It's a super disturbing video. It's still on his page to this day. You can dig through his page and go find it if you want. Um, I'm not going to post it with the pictures that I post this week. It's It really is a pretty disturbing video, and he's standing out there for quite a while. People even come out and yell at him at some points. Um, he's like, <clears throat> he claims that uh, he makes the storm stop in the video, which we still, it's live and you can see that it's still raining. He, it's its very bizarre. He's talking all over the place. It seems like a manic mm. episode, um, like, a psychotic, like a psychotic break. And I know that I showed you, Bella, and you were like, uh, yeah, by it. It's very hard. It's, it makes your brain like melt as you go through it. In it, he mentions um, a step sibling, I believe, trying to rape him. He talks about like the children are crying. Yeah, these are the children's tears. This is storm. It's all over the place. I think it goes to like. Oh, at one point he goes, "Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> for uh, allowing him to post this on Facebook." He was like, "I'm sending this out, showing proof to a hundred thousand people right now." Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. Watching it, it uh, definitely it felt like I was watching someone have a mental breakdown because he was going from one topic to the next, and none of them related. Like, at one point, he was talking mm-hmm. about math and how you teach someone how to multiply, and then he goes into talking about how... He's, like, yeah. mad about math. He's, like, excuse me, is it, why is five times two? Like, why would you like, say it's two plus two plus two? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Where... It's all over the place. It's crazy. Hearing this guy talk, it's, like... It really gives you a sense of where mm. he's at mentally. And even though, like you're saying, like, it sounds like a psychotic break, like, this was just him. Like, this was him at this oh point. Oh, my gosh. Like, he, yeah. As I was saying, he was unraveling at the seams. But, like, he was just, he felt like he was losing his wife. He felt like he was losing his marriage. This is, like, kind of mm-hmm. a last attempt. He's, like, he's just going a little yeah. bit crazy, you know? Um, yeah. 
that that video yeah. was definitely it was hard to watch one because it's just hard to keep up with like what he's even talking about and two like you can just hear mm-hmm. like he's just not doing well mm-hmm. and I really feel like that video is like kind of the beginning mm-hmm. of the end it's just it's very clearly it's yeah. it's disturbing honestly it's disturbing to watch somebody be like I am Zeus I am Apollo mm-hmm. claims I I don't know it's it, it really is all over the place. And if you are interested in that kind of thing, you can pick it up <laughs> and find it. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't advise, if you're disturbed by things easily, I don't necessarily advise it because he does murder his wife. Yeah. After that, he, really, a peek inside of a criminal. Yeah. Like he that can be also talks about lot. rape and stuff like that. And it could definitely he be did. kind of triggering. Mm-hmm. Triggering. Yeah. It can be triggering and it's so hard to like keep up with. And it's like, yeah, it's offensive and it's, yeah. Anyways. So not long after that, um, you know, as abusers do, even though he was like, I'm going to change. I'm going to, we're going to fix this. This is our like last attempt at mm-hmm. trying to be married. Um, he ended up going back to his ways and he crossed the final line which was punching Casey's square in her Oh, face. God. Yes, and so immediately after that, Casey rushed to pack her bags, and then she made the 24-hour drive from Phoenix to her sister's home in Washington hmm. State, leaving Anthony for a mm-hmm. different time. Her sister was later quoted saying, she was scared the entire time that Anthony was going to track her down and find her on the way home, but she made it there safely, safely but she made it there safely, where she stayed and hashed out a plan to distance herself from Anthony. And then at the end of the quote, she mentions she was in fear of him. Like how, which yeah. works. I mean, at that point, she's been, she's been punched How in can the you face. not be scared of him? You know, like, Especially like, I would be yeah, scared I after like that video. video. <laughs> we need to get you some help. Really? Better help. <laughs> yeah. Help him. <laughs> Betterhelp.com. <laughs> help him. Help I us. Know. Help <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. Um, she was, she was finally like, okay, this is it. That's mm-hmm. my final line. I'm going to be leaving him for good now. I'm. Yeah, so she started, like, figuring out how she's going to do that, like, how she's going to distance, distance herself, how she's going to, you know, work through the separation and this divorce. Um, and for Anthony, his wife finally leaving him was the final thing that sent him mm. over the edge, which I think, to me, he seemed over the edge already. Um, anytime you find yourself yelling at weather, <laughs> saying that you control it, there's a chance you might be over an edge. You mm-hmm. might want to get some help. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, and, you know, being over the edge, he tried to become even more controlling and jealous, um, even though he was from a distance, um, mm-hmm. with Casey. And Casey, or to Casey's family, uh, they still believe that it was his pride and his ego that just couldn't let her go. Like, to him, it was just, and Casey's family still believes that it was his pride and his ego that just wouldn't let his wife go. And, um, just basically, like, for him, it was like, you don't get yeah. me kind of deal, mm-hmm. as abusers do, right? Like, you, he just had so much ego. That was, that's a big, big character mm-hmm. in this story. So, then, on October 3rd, the mother of his child, who he was no longer with, uh, dropped their eight-year-old son off at school in Maricopa County, Arizona. 
Unbeknownst to her, Anthony showed up and took the boy from school property, kidnapping and quickly fleeing with him. And I'm going to take this quick moment to note, though, that I'm not going to be mentioning the boy's name just because he's eight. And, um, you know, it's hard enough growing up with somebody with a yeah. father like this. And he doesn't need his name further mm-hmm. blasted out there by any means. Um, and also, I mean, he's eight. Yeah. 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 That's pretty traumatic already. (laughs) So the next day, the the boy's mother located Anthony and him in Vegas, and she got police assistance and requested Anthony to return the son, but he refused again and fled. So now they don't know where he is. Um, At least the mother doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, as a mom, stressing me out. And then on on October 5th, um, she obtained a emergency court order um and on october 7th she was able to send that over to anthony via email i am and anthony again refused to return their child and she had no idea where either of them were at so i'm sure she was just feeling absolutely Mm -hmm. helpless and just afraid helpless i can't i can't even put my yeah it's scary um so the mother so at this point, it's been days since she's seen her child, which is, like, unimaginable for me. Like, you have to remember, this is the seventh. She hasn't seen her child since the third. It's been four days. Um, like, it's just, you know, already stressing mm-hmm. me out. <laughs> um, and then during this time, Anthony hopped onto social media. Naturally. Um, you know, as he does. Naturally. When you're, you know, wanted for kidnapping <laughs> and running go away, on social blah, media. you definitely, <laughs> let's go talk about it. Um, so he posts like multiple videos, multiple photos with himself and his son, and it eventually shows that they're in Salt mm-hmm. Lake City. And then in one of the videos, they're shown like giving bread and water to homeless people in Pioneer Park. Um, and I just want to take like a quick second to be like, okay, wait. You're on the run. No. Maybe some like canned, also, yes. Like, maybe some canned goods. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, like, bread and water, like, I, I get it's it, like, but I don't. Carbohydrates you know burn I mean? fast. Like, wouldn't you want to give them, like, protein? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, like, there yes, was yes. Problems, But, you know. And also, yeah, again, you're on the run. Like, <laughs> this is not the time. Not like, yeah. And it's not like you. Yeah. Good way. You know what I mean? Like, it's like. Uh, it's just interesting. And then in that video, he talks about him and his son being in that city um, to audition for a commercial. And that's not true, obviously. He was mm-hmm. there on the run. Uh, I mean, that's an interesting experience. I know. <laughs> I feel like he was just always trying yeah. to make himself look good. Like, that's just, that was the end game for him. Um, so then, October 8th, he posted a Facebook status that said, and I'm going to quote him here because, and it's not very long. It said, looking for a good family, family lawyer in Phoenix, Arizona, immediately. Ah, uh, yes. Personal phone numbers only, guys. Help us out. No, and thanks. No appreciation. Oh. Um, My God. Yeah. I, I just, I love how, <laughs> love how, like, kind of aggressive, like, just. <laughs> Where did he think that was going to go? Like, okay, I don't know. Like, only personal phone numbers, guys. And then also, like, I almost wonder, also, I mean, he put studies in Phoenix, mm-hmm. Arizona, um, looking for a family lawyer there. It's like, okay, was he trying to tell the police that that's where he was? Did he not know about the addresses? <laughs> this is not that long ago. This is yeah. 2017. 
Like he should know at this he's point gonna get that like caught. he yeah, can be trapped. That's actually so stupid. Yeah. I know, and I think that maybe it's just further proof that like he was just mm-hmm. unraveling just out there and he's yeah. not a dick. I mean yeah. that's just a yeah. Yeah. Just, he's a dick. Okay, so then finally on October twelfth, he was located in Salt Lake City and then he was arrested on a fugitive warrant and the boy was returned safely back to his mother. Yeah, thank goodness. thank goodness. That's, I mean, that's I cannot imagine being her almost mm-hmm. ten days. Not knowing where your kid is, you know, not knowing if they're safe. Seeing pictures on social media, that must yeah. have been so bizarre. You know, you're like, uh, that's my child. Can I please That made me think of that? the TikTok where they're like, How bizarre <laughs> <laughs> I know my brain shouldn't have gone there, but it did. <laughs> I, oh, no, 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 no. Dude, oh, my, my whole mind is just a running TikTok loop. Like, literally anything just sets it off. Um, <laughs> October 19th, um, Anthony was in jail awaiting extradition to Arizona, but then he posted $150,000 bail, and he was really, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm also like, where'd you get $150,000? Like, can I, I get a hundred? Oh, yeah, no, actually, I think they do, like, um, bail companies, you only have to pay 10% of it at the time, and then you just owe that over time. Okay. I didn't know that for the longest time. So when people would post, they, they're oh, like, oh, yeah, I posted bail for $5,000. Like, I always was like, where the hell? <laughs> like, what did you do? Yeah, that's what no, I was I, Yeah, wondering. I just learned that because I was watching some kind of, like, prison episode and they talked about it. <laughs> yeah, oh, so you only have to okay. present, like, it's either, like, 1% or 10% or something along those lines. It's mm-hmm. 10% is the most yeah. number. 1% is, like... So then, as he was newly released, the news of all these events made their way back to Casey. And I, I even remember, like, she was, like, concerned she was mm-hmm. confused like this is her you know even though they're separating like that's her husband he just got out of jail for kidnapping that was her stepson yeah stepson like she was just like why would he do this mm-hmm. what is going on like you know the person i married you know you'd imagine like yeah. wouldn't do this but you know also he's been unraveling she's like you know do i need to help him um, that was a big thing for her. And then she also wanted to just like get finished yeah. with this divorce, like get things mm-hmm. rolling, get their affairs sorted out, and then just help him get back up yeah. on his feet. Um, and those are all the ans- or all the, uh, reasons for going that she explained to her sister. And I remember them, you know, cause I, I worked for her sister and, she was kind of at the spa and stuff, and I remember them going back and forth, like, you know, her sister, her older sister did not want her to go. She was like, no, he's mm-hmm. hurt you. He's dangerous. He's, you know, he could hurt mm-hmm. you again. I think that even at that time, it wasn't even, like, on people's radar that he would go and do as mm-hmm. he did. I think it was just he, like, oh, yeah, no, like, he could hurt you again. And I think to her, like, she... Yeah, this is the person she had married. She never would imagine would have imagined yeah. that he he would do, you know, maybe he would hurt her but not Yeah. Know, what's the worst yeah. he could do? You know, the kind of mindset. When she was young and active and strong and you know, she felt confident in her ability mm-hmm. to protect herself. Um and Anthony was wanting her to come and see him. Um, uh, and so she felt like that's what she needed to do. 
And so she traveled down to Salt Lake to see him. And when she went, as usual, um, because she carried this everywhere with her always, she brought the knife that her late father had given her for protection before both of her parents had passed away. And she carried this knife everywhere with her. It meant the world to her. It made her feel confident when she was going on hikes, when she was, you know, she just felt confident in all situations because she had this little knife and, like, it was kind of symbolic of, like, my dad mm-hmm. gave this to me. Um, you know, like a piece of him to protect her, to, like, actually mm-hmm. protect herself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she felt, she felt confident going down there, you know? Like, it's, yeah, she was probably like, I'm going to get this sorted out. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be good. And so, yeah, she believed that she was going to be okay. But two days, about two days, I believe, before the November morning, Anthony checked himself into a hospital for quote-unquote headaches. And then he went right back to social media and started talking about all the head injuries from football that he had gotten. From his non-existent career. Ah, yes. From his non-existent career on the Makes sense. I mean, don't get me wrong. In Canada, he he did uh, you know, playing some games and stuff. But come on, I, isn't that like he's, a thing that has to happen over a course of a long time and multiple hits to your head for it to develop? So yeah, it's called CTE. Mm-hmm. It's called CTE. Um, that's the abbreviation for it. And at the time, it was just starting to come out that like kind of a reasoning why pro athletes would get violence, uh, specifically mm-hmm. NFL players. Um, and so, you know, that was in the popular media. It was being discussed a lot. I think there was maybe even a movie or a documentary mm. about it. Um, and it is a scary yeah. issue. I've heard about that before. It's like head injury yeah. and head injury. However, Anthony had never mm-hmm. talked about this. He didn't have it. So, like, he just very simply didn't have mm-hmm. it. You know, there was, there was mm-hmm. just nothing wrong with him. And that's when he saw it in the news and everything. Yeah. Uh, but when he saw it in the news, I mean, he was like, oh, mm-hmm. there's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he took it, you know, as an excuse for violence, an excuse for his behavior, mm-hmm. you know, to not take responsibility mm-hmm. himself, really. And um, this is one of the things that kind of leads her family and a lot of people to believe that he might have actually been pre-planning this uh, between luring her to him and, you know, kind of creating this storyline of like, oh, I was just in the hospital. I was having mm-hmm. a headache and, you know what I mean? Like, and I have this CTE, you know, maybe he didn't plan on murdering her. Maybe he did. It's, you know, we can't 100% prove that either way. But I do know that he also wanted the publicity of, like, being one yeah. of the players. Uh, especially after post, post-murder, he was like, uh, you know, give me give yeah. the credit. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. And on the morning of November 2nd, which is the day of the events, uh, police were initially called by a neighbor when they heard what they described as ruckus and a lot of yelling and um, arguing. And then that was all followed by Anthony crawling on the floor, asking for help and and blood. Ugh. The story of uh, two men, <laughs> two or three men breaking into their room, uh, it held no water right away because the they had uh, excellent surveillance coverage mm-hmm. all over. It was very clear that nobody had gone in or out of the room in the casey. And the police quickly realized that there was no 
baby either. Um, He had been referring to Casey as the baby in such a bizarre manner that they believed it was a whole other person entirely. So from what I believe, he was literally like yelling, uh, my wife, my wife, my baby, my baby. And so to the police, they were like, there's two people. Like, however he was referring to Casey, it sounded like there was two people and one of them was a baby. That's my cat. That was such a weird noise. Like, people are going to be like, yeah. And Anthony, when he played football, it wasn't like he played, like, he wasn't some running back. He was not a quarterback. He actually claimed claimed that he was a quarterback um, in a Facebook Live video. He was not. Um, he was a linebacker okay. or a lineman. I don't know. Um, so essentially what his job was is like standing on the line. It, he isn't having like high intensity impact yeah. kind of deal. But to be in that position, you have to be a substantially mm-hmm. large guy. Um, and Casey was not very big. Um, she was pretty petite. Um, even though she was strong, she was just, you know, she was very thin and yeah. small. Um, I believe that she was like, okay, don't quote me on this, but like something like, you know, five, mm-hmm. six, five, seven inches, very substantially smaller yeah. than Anthony. Um, but despite all of that, uh, Casey put up a hell of a fight. Uh, police noticed that right away, right walking into the scene. Um, and it was later, you know, confirmed because of like uh, forensic evidence and yeah. her autopsy. Yeah. Forensic evidence and her autopsy. Um, she left him with lots of cuts of his own, and she had uh, defensive wounds all over wow. the body. Um, what the police kind of describe what happened, um, they say that an altercation, quote-unquote, ensued, and they believe that Anthony, the knife that Casey's father had given her, and he began to attack Oh, my her, gosh. Which is so symbolic. Yeah. You know, he knew what yeah. that knife meant to her. That's just... And that knife in and of itself was so yeah. symbolic. Wow. So he later confessed to his cellmate that he stabbed her about six Oh my gosh. That's like, that's overkill. And that's not. That's like, you, you did that. It was. It was. Well, yeah, but well, like. Yeah. <laughs> you stabbed somebody like yeah, once. But that's like a whole other level. Because you don't need to do that. It's, um, yeah. Or not. That's not a good word for it. It's like just such anger. Rage. And. Personal. Mm-hmm. It's personal. It's it further discredits his two or yeah. three men theory. You know, like no nobody, somebody would have had to know her. It's very personal. Yeah, somebody, you're you're right there. Um, and then do it over and over again, and that's not including like yeah. defensive wounds. Along with all of her stab wounds and her defense wounds, she was also noted as having carpet burns all over her body, oh. um, which just su- suggested a really severe, intense uh-huh. uh, struggle. And though she was barely alive when police arrived, she was she quickly succumbed to her injuries, and this turned into a homicide. Police apprehended Anthony quickly because his story didn't match up. He was acting utterly uh-huh. insane. And as they began questioning him, he faked oh. <laughs> Which they literally were like, oh my gosh. He's just um, grasping and he kept at on straws. It. Literally grasping. He really is. Yeah. He, yeah. 
every straw, every anything possible. Uh, he was denying over and over again that he did it. Um, but then when it went to Kate, went to court, he ultimately ended up pleading guilty, but not at all out of remorse. He just wanted to reduce his sentence. And in pleading guilty, he actually got the kidnapping charge dropped. So I think, you know, he was just trying to reduce mm-hmm. his sentence. And it did take him a little while. I remember it. Like, he he did not admit it right away. And I remember her, Casey's uh, sister that I knew just being, like, infuriated. Like, dude, yeah. just, tell, yeah. just say that you did it. We mm-hmm. all know you did it. There's no question about it. Um, so in the pictures that I'm going to be posting, you're going to see a photo from one of his hearings. And in that photo, he is getting wheeled in in a wheelchair and he just looks pathetic and there's no reason that he's in a wheelchair. Uh, I'll talk about it in a minute, but even his defense lawyer was like, no, very much no, no, uh, at all of his hearings, he really tried to play the. I have a head injury. I am, you know, I have a CTE thing. He wanted the sympathy card so bad. Like, he did anything and everything he could, even the wheelchair thing. And his lawyer actually talked to the media, his defense lawyer, and uh, he said, I have no idea why he chose to be real then. And there was absolutely nothing wrong with him. (laughs) Which I was like, that's the guy that's supposed to be on his Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like I said, and, grasping um, at straws. Before the photo, <laughs> completely grasping. I like they're not even straws anymore. They're like spaghetti noodles. <laughs> like he's just lost they're it jelly. that far. Um, but then before spaghetti noodles and jelly. But before this picture, I was also going to post, uh, and I will post his mugshot, which is like it still haunts me to this day because that was the first picture I saw after. Uh, I found out about this and I still remember where I was when I found out about this. I just got a text that just said, Casey's been murdered. And, you know, I immediately, you know, I put the pieces together yeah. of what happened. And when I looked it up, I think it was maybe like the next day because it kind of took a minute to hit the news. Um, that was the first picture that I saw was him in his mugshot. And in his mugshot, he has the creepiest smirk ever yeah. on his face. He's got, like, he's just sitting there with, like, dead eyes and just, like, smiling at the camera. And no matter what, no matter if, like, he's trying to sell this, like, two or three mm-hmm. men theory, uh, if, if that happened, if you just watched your wife get brutally murdered... Also, to be then blamed for it, like, you're really not smiling. Yeah, no matter what, no matter what the situation, you are not smiling in that photo. To this day, her family still believes that the murder was premeditated. Um, And in court, at one of these hearings, her sisters quoted, one of her sisters is quoted as saying, I ask the courts to please hear my plea when I say this man should, should never be allowed into society as I know this will not be his last murder. If given the chance, he will kill again. I urge you to please hear this and know that this is true. This man who has no remorse for what he has done, he enjoys manipulating people, and he enjoys harming people. It makes him feel powerful, and I beg you today to take away his mm. Wow, that's that's powerful to hear. 
So one of the big themes that, um, big things and theme that they talk about in this court case is like, was he remorseful? Mm-hmm. And, you know, many, many, mo- the majority of people, uh, believe that he wasn't. I don't really know of a lot of people who did, except his defense lawyer, who I'm about to talk about. So, so one of his public defenders, John Johnson, which can I just say, <laughs> if you named your kid John Johnson, like, my name is not Tressa Tressington. Like, that's awful. That's, what kind of parent? <laughs> you are, you are the person, you are the type of person that annoys me most in this world. I just yeah. yeah. I want to put it out but, there. I'm going to take a strong and sturdy stance and do not do that to your child. Honestly, because you know what the last name is going to be. So it's not even yeah. like it's like a random pick. Like you did that on purpose. Yeah. Like why? What was your reason? Yeah. Why? You were just like, I don't know what's name this kid. <laughs> How about John? Johnny boy. Johnny boy Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so John Johnson stated that he did believe that Anthony was remorseful and following Anthony pleading guilty, there was a reporter on hand that was talking to John Johnson and the reporter asked him what happened, what caused him to do this? Mm-hmm. And John repeated the question back to him saying, what caused him to do this? And the reporter asked back, yeah, was it a crime of passion? And Johnson replied, I don't know. The reporter said, he never explained that to you? And John Johnson said, no, I never asked him. That's what? one question we just don't, you know. He was very open with me, and again, it was all about sorrow and remorse and tragedy and how things can't be undone. I'm sure if we had another day to go back in time, he probably wouldn't do it and wouldn't commit the act that he did. Which to me, it's you like, can't. Okay, so he was kind of avoiding yeah. the question. Yeah. You know, like... Oh, I'm sure he asked him why he did it or uh, what 100%. was happening. I'm sure he knows. And it just seems so shady and just like, you don't actually believe this. You just want what's best for your client. Career. Yeah. Client mm-hmm. career. That's, that's so, dude, freaking just slap a sticky note on your forehead that says, my, my guy's guilty. <laughs> Like my dude, my dude, and he might actually know the full story too. You know, yeah. like if he's talked to Anthony like that, he might know more of what happened, and he's choosing not to share that with the family. Yeah, you know, or like choosing not to like bring that out in court and stuff. And I feel like you know that's shady. That's that's all of public defender. Not all of them. That's a good amount. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people are like that. It's frustrating. Um, I know there's two sides to everything. Yeah. But that's a hard side to see. Uh-huh. Um, so John Johnson just stated that the defendant accepts uh, responsibility and uh, wouldn't answer the question of if the defendant recalled the killing. I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> Naturally, yes. <laughs> so then following Anthony's plea, he is quoted in saying this. And I just quote it to, again, give a little insight of who he is as a person and so that we can all have mutual disgust for him. Yes. This is following his guilty plea. Mm-hmm. I thank you for this opportunity to make myself a better person spiritually and to learn new tools that I can use in and out of prison. Hopefully Casey's family can forgive me over time. I'm sorry. Let everyone know I love my wife Casey very much. She was my soulmate. 
She was my rock. She traveled to various areas in different hurricanes. This is something I need to add in. She traveled to Texas. She traveled to Puerto Rico. She gave herself. It was unselfish what she did. She helped so many folks while I was there. I remember one point, one point in time, we felt like we were the ones being stranded there because we had to wear dirty clothes. She said, don't worry about that. There's no washers, no dryers, no electricity. We'll just wash it in the ocean. That was Casey. I love Casey very much. And I just big eye roll to that. Uh, and I do have last part of this quote, and that's the most infuriating parts. I can't take back what has happened. Hopefully, I can remember everything so that in time, I can grieve my loss. Oh, my God. Your loss? It's so gross. Your loss? You mean you murdered her. You're the cause of all of this. Yeah. The family's loss yeah. is her loss. Is loss. My God. Her loss. The loss of her life. And bigger than all of that, her kids' is loss. Yeah. You know, that was their mom. He took two kids' mom away. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Sister, friend, everything. Like, his loss, the, he murdered. <laughs> he's it's just he's so, the last of my losses. <laughs> your loss yeah. of your freedom. Like, yeah, gosh. I mean, that's really what I think that he was concerned about. <clears throat> so, Judge Corum then responded to this uh, statement. In saying, I don't believe for a minute that Mr. McClanahan is remorseful in any way. I suspect that will come across the board and they will make a just decision under the law. The sentence of 15 years to life is imposed forthwith. It is my belief that Mr. McClanahan will be committed for the rest of his life in Utah State Pen Prison and they will not release him. Based on the circumstances of the crime and based on his obvious lack of remorse told the judge that he loves and misses his slain wife. Um, when you say how unselfish she was, uh, again, the, the judge just said, no, like, yeah. I don't believe you are remorseful. No. And uh, so Anthony was sentenced to 15 to life, which to me doesn't seem like enough. Uh, like, just the fact that it's 15, like, it's, why not, like, 25 to life why not like yeah. even more than that like this is a life of a human being also can i years? can i just say i just found out that when they say like life in prison they don't mean like until they die they mean yeah, like I know. 25 35 or whatever the number is i never mm-hmm. knew that so I, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, like I've been infuriated about it for years. I never understood it because they would be like five life sentences, and I was like, "Wow, they're like so mad at this person that they're like five hundred years. You're not mm-hmm. getting out." <laughs> but no, mm-hmm. I just found out that they that it's not like because life doesn't mean life, and there's actually um, and I don't know like extreme you know facts about this, but I do know that's going on. Um, and it's something that's like, I believe it's called the truth in sentencing mm-hmm. so that like people actually serve their sentence because there's a lot of like rapists who go to prison. They're like sentenced to maybe 10 to 15 years and they can get out in like a year. Yeah. Like it, there's just so many cases of that happening where they're just like, well, they're a good prisoner. That's what and, that safe statement in and of itself is a contradiction. What a good prisoner. <laughs> 
like, yeah, and it's like, of course he's acting fine in jail. There's no women yeah. going to rape. Wow. You know, yeah, there's, yeah. Model prisoner doesn't know anything. So what? You can act when you're, like, forced to act normal. Yeah. It, kind of. Not, like, normal, but oh, Well, I there's, like, surveillance and, like, like severe punishment yeah, if you go guards. and do other shit that you can't. You know, like there, yeah. there you. It's hard to do the the wrong thing. You know. Mm-hmm. You just have to like not push somebody in the yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow, what a mom like, wow, <laughs> you didn't assault someone. You're great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so I did want to wrap this up though, not on a note note about Anthony. Um, I want to read a few things that um, her family said, uh, some final notes that her family had said. Um, So one of Casey's sisters was quoted in saying, Casey was a bright light that was extinguished way too early by a senseless act of brutality. There's just no need to do what he did. He could have walked away, ran away, and so many things instead of killing her. Instead, he chose not to accept responsibility. With lies and demands for others to lie for him, he has tried to claim diminished mental capacity to avoid accepting responsibility for his actions. He took a deal because he was out of options and without expressing any remorse for his actions. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that he is sorry for what he has done. Casey left behind a nine-year-old daughter just three days shy of her 10th birthday and a seven-year-old son as well as friends and family members who adored her. Her sister, Christine, is quoted in saying, She can never again tend to her young daughter and son when they are sick, or cheer on their milestones in school and sports. No graduations, no proms, no weddings. Something will always be missing for them, and a part of them is gone. Her family hopes that her legacy won't be lost in the in the hype of Anthony McClanahan's former NFL career. This story should be about her. Everything was about him. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so, um, I wanted to actually finish wrapping this up by giving the domestic violence hotline. Um, no, it's a, it's obviously a very serious issue. Um, there's places to donate online, um, relief funds, uh, if you or somebody you know is dealing with it, please get out. Please know that it's not safe. Um, you may feel like maybe you have control of the situation or the person. You don't, um, unfortunately. Um, and definitely make sure that you're seeking help right away and getting your loved ones to also seek help right away if this is happening to them. The number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that is 1-800-799-7233. So that is the story of the murder. Wow. That's, a, that's definitely a wild one. I've heard, like, pieces of it here and there, but never all the way through. Yeah, I mean, it did It did make the uh, national news there for a minute, mm-hmm. but um, not for very long. And, you know, Anthony was really trying to get it in the national news he really wanted that attention um that was a big thing for him and uh yeah just you know really sad really unfortunate really you know she was a uh, taken way too soon um mm-hmm. you know left 
has two very young children behind and yeah, just a crazy asshole that you know shouldn't have even gotten a piece yeah, of yeah. Seriously, <laughs> that's awful. Don't answer that yet. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, those were our first two stories um, of the crimes that got us into true crime, um, you know, all mm-hmm. the way. And uh, we're going to wrap up this episode by t- telling two of your stories that you sent in, um, two listener stories, which we're super excited about. Um, this is kind of like a way to, you know, lighten up the mood a little bit, talk about some spooky stuff or your home phone, mm-hmm. you know, crime connections. Um, yeah, just kind of have some fun with it. Read some stories in your own voice. Um, and again, you can send these in at our Gmail, howeerie at gmail.com or on our website, uh, howeerie.com. Um, but the links will be in the description of this episode and every episode. Um, or you can go ahead and visit them yourself. There's a, uh, section of our website on the homepage where you can easily submit your story. We are, we would love to hear them. Um, when you do submit your story, can you let us know if we can use your name, um, not your last name, just your first name. And then let us know, if, uh, you know, dates or not dates, but, uh, let us know if locations need to be changed, if other people's names in the story need to be changed. Um, you know, we want to be respectful. We want to be, you know, Telling the story how you would like it to be told, yeah. but still having Keep fun privacy, private. <laughs> yes, privacy, private. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so since I just did a ton of talking, <laughs> um, Bella is going to tell her story first. Yes, and yeah, I'm super excited to hear it. I'm so baffled. Listen to our first listen. I know. I'm so excited. This is the first one ever. <laughs> okay. All right. Ready? Very. I have sat back in your wicker chair. Picked up my wine <laughs> in my nice wicker chair. I, I am ready to hear our first listener. Okay. So the first one that I got, um, she didn't list her name. So I'm just going to assume that, that we, yeah. she doesn't want her yeah. name read. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... She starts off by saying, like, she, her story is more like various little things that happen throughout, throughout her life. So it's not like one big story. It's just things that have happened over time. So she starts out by saying, I've had several interactions with the supernatural realm that started when I was about 12 years old. My brother and I and a friend were playing the Ouija board. I don't know why we had one. Don't do that. I know. And yeah. Don't do that. Um. Even if you think you know the rules, please don't play with Ouija boards. No, there's please, just like, so many. There's so many you, things that you're can messing go wrong with, with the wrong stuff. There really is, and there is, and even just thinking you can do it, like you're gonna mess something up. You're gonna really regret. There's it. so many like unwritten rules too that you just like don't yeah. even know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, she says since I had been to church and heard someone say they were evil, I said. Um, let's ask the board if it knows Jesus or if Jesus was the boss of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have heard so many stories about Ouija boards and everything. Um, I have never once heard a story about somebody ask it 
if it knows Jesus. Yeah. Like, that seems so contradictory. <laughs> it seems scary. It's, I'm afraid for her or him. I don't know. She really says she has, she had kids, so. It makes it clear that she's oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like she went zero to 100. Like, most people have, like, starter questions, like, what, what right. color shirt? Like, do you know my yeah. birthday? What color yeah. shirt am I wearing? Like, you know. No. Mm-hmm. She's like, do you know God? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, okay, she is literally, like, the Ouija board version of, like, uh, what are, what's the branch of religion that, like, goes door to door? Oh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses. <laughs> She's literally like, do you know the good Lord? Do you know the word? Yeah. And like the the demons and the spirits are just like, we gotta hide in the bathroom. Pretend you're not here. Turn the like, TV off. <laughs> I think that's I think that's Mormons, but I'm not sure. Anyways, oh, I we're not trying to offend anybody. No, but please stop knocking on doors. <laughs> that being said, um, so she goes. She asks if it's the boss of it, and she said, and when we did, the planchette started spinning all by itself, all over the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I know. Mm-hmm. 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 That's bad. <laughs> Not good. Very bad. And she she says, we ran out of the room and threw the board in the trash. No. That. no another rule. No. <laughs> well, you yeah, always okay. have to say goodbye. How old is she? Uh, she's a 12. Okay. Well... A 12-year-old, how did a 12-year-old get one, first of all? <laughs> but second of all, I mean, like, at 12, you, you don't know the rules. You don't know the rules as Mm-mm. an adult. I don't think anyone really knows the rules. I don't think <laughs> it's just very dangerous all the way around. It's so dangerous, and you have to say goodbye. That's, like, mm-hmm. one of the big things. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I'm so stressed right mm-hmm. now. I'm really stressed. <laughs> she says, uh, the next day we came home from school and the Ouija board was in the closet where we had gotten it out of. Mm-hmm. Of course it was because yeah. it threw it away. And she says and neither of our parents said that they put it there. So. Yeah. I believe that. I, I definitely believe that. <laughs> That's what happened. She continues to say I think we threw it in the trash burning barrel after that. So. Again you should probably yeah, not do that. Yeah. No. Definitely not. <laughs> Um, then she continues to say, fast forward three years and I'm in high school and we were able to go off campus for lunch. So we went to the park across the street, my best friend and I, and she knew these people there and they were playing a Ouija board. So she says to them, let's go, oh no, she says, let's go prove them wrong and show them those things aren't real. Of course I told her they were real and shared my other experience and that made her want to want her to do it more to see for herself so we went and since i didn't know anyone there she said i should play so that she could know that i wasn't manipulating the planchette and we could ask a question that the other girl would know the answer to i'm getting so stressed. <laughs> i'm getting so stressed I know. oh my gosh and now they're like 15 it's like oh my um she says so we asked my mom's age and it went to 33 which is how old she was and I freaked out and I started running from the park and I had a terrible, and I had a terrible feeling in the pit of my stomach the whole rest of the evening. I'm very good <laughs> because also it doesn't sound like you said goodbye. It doesn't sound like, looks you, like uh, you just ran away and didn't say goodbye again. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Good. Don't mess with Ouija boards, but if you do, please send us a story. But we want to know the story, you. but don't do it now. Only if it was a past story. <laughs> yeah, just don't mess with them. Mm-hmm. 
But we do want to hear about it. Okay. <laughs> Mixed messages. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> you get it. So she then says, I should mention that I had been watching scary movies since I was a kid. And I've had that feeling of the hair standing up on my neck and feeling like someone is right behind me watching me. And I was always scared for days after watching a scary movie, but it never stopped me. <laughs> She's like, Why? she says, I'm not, I'm not sure I really believe that there were evil things that could really get me. I, I, I know. I was like, um, I, it's hard for me to watch paranormal movies because I'm like, mm, like I'm more scared of that than like true crime. <laughs> I'm like, oh, absolutely. I know. I don't know. People like, okay, like paranormal things and things that can't be explained definitely scares me more than like people, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So then her next story she has in here. Okay. Fast forward a few more years. I had my first child and she was eight months old at the time that this happened. She would wake up occasionally at night, and one night I was in the living room, and the light in her room kept turning off and on, and it was nowhere near her oh, crib. No. Oh, so, um, yeah, oh, no. actually awful. I would have left. I would have taken my kid back. <laughs> I know. She's like, I thought that was strange, and I went in to pick her up, and I took her to my room to lay down with her. And as I got all situated, there was a woman standing at the foot of my bed. No, no, there wasn't. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I believe you, but no, I, I'd like to opt out of this. Uh, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm opting out of this experience. I did not sign up for it. No. Um, I'd like to unsubscribe from life. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> She's like, I didn't know her, and I could see through her, and she didn't speak. That's so creepy. I mean, it would be even creepier as a man because I think that I would be like worried that it's a real person you know what i mean even if you can see their own like, now nah, she's real is he gonna like is he here to yeah. tell us oh my gosh yeah she was like i was too scared to do anything so i shut my eyes and prayed to god to make her leave and i uh, honey don't shut your eyes <laughs> that's terrifying that's the last thing i would ever do i would keep my eyes open all that that is the first thing i, I would do take them open. <laughs> Me, I'm like, no, no. I'm, the I'm like, if they can't see, if I can't see them, they can't see me. <laughs> they can see but but they can't I see can't see them, so they're gone. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so the opposite. I am like, I have to, I have to, like, no, I have to have a warning. I have to stare back. Like, <laughs> you have to, like, stare them in the eyes. <laughs> defend I would defend yourself I, would. I wouldn't I, I would just roll roll right over and go to bed <laughs> oh my god like no freaking way oh. dude I could not I mean don't get me wrong I would actually probably instead of just stare at them I would like when I felt safe enough like grab my kids mm-hmm. grab the keys and get out of the house yeah like, in the car leaving yeah I don't know if I would fall there. asleep but I definitely, I don't even know, man. I would just panic. <laughs> I don't understand how, like, in ghost stories, like, people fall asleep after mm-hmm. something like this. Like, They're like, oh, let's just go to bed. I'm like, that is the exact opposite of what I will be doing, sir. Thank you. <laughs> no. I guess, like, eventually you'd have to fall asleep. But, like, it sounds like this woman, she, like, just chose to go to bed. Oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, like. I, especially your kid, I'd be like, no, I need to protect them. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess it'd be even different if it was just me. I just, I don't know. I'm stressed. <laughs> and I, okay, I can <laughs> 
She continues to say, I ended up falling asleep and she was gone when I woke up in the morning. She didn't seem hostile, but I was terrified. I saw her one other time walking down my hall and I was not going to go after her. I just told you, I just got chills. Yeah, she's like, I just told my husband that we needed to move right away. <laughs> I would have been like, I would have told my husband, so we're going to go stay at my mom's or something. <laughs> we're never coming back here. Like, Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I got like actual chills when you said that. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. She says, the next time I encountered what some would call a ghost, I had just had my second child and we had gotten her dad off to work super early in the morning and we were going back to bed. And as I laid down after getting the girl situated, a man's face came out of the wall floating towards me. No, no, I want to know what they look like. Like, I wonder if it's someone that she subconsciously knows. You know? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe like a dream. Yeah. Like, well, because haven't you seen those things where it's like your brain cannot make up a face that it hasn't seen? Yeah. So I wonder if it mm-hmm. was someone that she's like subconsciously seen or like knows. That's the reason why I don't watch too gnarly of horror movies, mm-hmm. stuff, but I like listening to it mm-hmm. is because if I don't have the image like that I'm seeing mm-hmm. and like the images in my head, I can't come up with anything that's too too much um and so i feel like if i saw them with my eyes but then they'd make their way into my brain if that makes mm. sense and like into my dreams and stuff and so i'm like afraid to see i don't know that's just i don't mm-hmm. know something weird but yeah i wonder if it is somebody like that she that she subconsciously knows or if it's like yeah yeah like just very interesting i i can tell you she um finishes the story off by saying that she screamed and shut her eyes closed again and i know and prayed to god to make it leave and it did and then she said we moved from that place asap as you should (laughs) yep Mm -hmm. rightfully so exactly like i i'm sorry but i'm gone could not be me oh my gosh Oh my gosh! Would that be any yeah. story? She moved away. That's a, that a good one. Oh it's my terrifying. gosh! <laughs> Reading that, she's terrible. I I got chills a couple times. Um, <laughs> I would like to tell that person, um, please stop shutting your eyes when things are coming <laughs> at you. I don't. It's it bothers me that that's your defense mechanism. <laughs> No, that's 100% me, though, honestly. I'm scared for you. I just... I can't. I can't. I mean, you gotta put up a fight. Like, for me, I'm like, okay, it's like, this is happening. Like, if it's a ghost, if it's like, whatever it is, like, I'm going to, like, put up my best. No, I just panic. <laughs> this person just comes. I'm gonna show like, my Immediately, eyes. you're gone. Goodbye. I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> Look at this. I can't see you. You can't see me. It's like, this is not <laughs> do. This is a demon. <laughs> Could you imagine, though? That'd be so great. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Pikachu. This is a demon. <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna read our second listener tale. Um, and this person did list their name um, as Tina. So thank you, Tina, for sending me the story. <laughs> and the the subject line is my history with lucid dreaming slash sleep paralysis or pure demon shit question. Great. 
And and the email starts, so here we go. 14 years old. I had just come home from a church function with my youth group. We called it 23 and a half hours because that's how long we stayed up without sleeping. It was a bunch of Christian teen kids just wanting to get out of the house to cause ruckus for youth leaders or legit just to get out of the damn house. <laughs> I got home and was exhausted. We did a lot that night, so I was ready to crash. I slept for a few hours when I got home and then woke that evening. I was bored, watched some TV, snacked, and hung out. I must have dozed off again because I woke up in a weird, groggy state. I couldn't see right. My vision was foggy, and for some reason, I couldn't do anything but crawl. My limbs just wouldn't reciprocate my body's commands. I tried to clear my vision, closing my eyes, squeezing them tight, and hoping I wasn't crazy. When I opened them, it was pure terror. My carpet had these old lines from the late 80s, early 90s. Brown and ugly. The carpet that just needed to go. (laughs) I like how she says brown and ugly. (laughs) Brown and ugly. They just needed to go. That's like my apartment's freaking carpets. I am so over them. (laughs) They're so old. (laughs) They just need a good little update, you know? Honestly, everything about the house that we are in right now. Mm. (laughs) Military housing. It's uh, been around for a while. Fat men. And I also love that she says that, like, right in the middle of, like, just starting to get scary. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, let me just, car- let me just. The carpet, carpet. terrible. Like, it needed to go. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, these lines, they turned into monsters' faces, just evil-looking expressions that chilled me to my core. I smelled garbage, something burning, who knows what, but it was an awful smell. I tried with everything in me to stand up. I couldn't. I crawled to my door, being forced to search blindly for the knob. Once it opened, I fell on my chest and crawled to the small banister overlooking the stairs. And I wish I was fucking lying. I wish I could say this didn't happen, but this isn't what I see. But it is 100% instilled in my brain, and I will never lose this image. Looking down my stairs, it was pitch black, and I spotted... Weird, wiggly movements. And that was Megan. <gasps> which I just, I don't even like the word. It, comes, you know, it makes me think of death, which I actually think it is like a mm. sign of death. It's a bad omen. <laughs> as soon as I like, it's gotta be a bad omen. Oh my gosh. But like, you saw Megan? No. Like, if I saw Megan, I'd be like, I'm dying in the next exactly. five minutes. Clearly. Like I'm gone. Or being just drugged yeah. to hell. Yeah. Done. Done so. <laughs> this is the day. Just maggots everywhere, filling the bottom of the stairs. Ugh. I just, it's, oh my gosh. So, they're so gross. They're just these tiny oh. white little nasties. Yeah. Gross. Wiggling. I rubbed my eyes and I tried so hard to tell myself, wake up. This isn't real. This is a dream and you need to wake up. Had a lucid, I've had a history of lucid dreaming, so I thought I was just in a weird state of a night terror that I couldn't let go of, but nothing helped me. I yelled for my mom, who, stum- who came stumbling out and saw me struggling on the floor. I told her, help me, please. I don't know what's happening, but I see maggots, and there's just so many faces. They won't go away. I come from a very faithful family, and she saw what she thought I may be suffering from was a spiritual attack. 
She yelled, Jesus, help her. Leave this house. It went away. Everything stopped. There was no longer static noise, along with my eyesight being filled with terror. The maggots had gone. No bad smells. And none of this blacker-than-black darkness. Just silent. That's so creepy. It's like, the fact... The fact that her mom witnessed this, her mom made it go away by saying, like, you know, a spiritual, like, his name, like, that tells me, first of all, it adds, like, so much validity Mm -hmm. to the story, but also just, like, yeah, like, it's not just clearly paralysis, because another person can't experience your same thing that you're experiencing, you know? Right, yeah, like, no way, that's... Now, in no way am I claiming any type of possession or religious view, but this was insanely weird. Crazy, in fact. So much that I never speak on it, and no one really knows what another who can claim till this day, who claims till this day, that she has never seen me more terrified in my I get scared to talk about it because of that. Okay, I get scared to talk about it because... It was a impending doom feeling. Dark, lost. I feel like I need to re-say that. <sighs> I get scared to talk about it because it was a impending doom feeling. Dark and lost. Just painful. Awful. I've tried to speak about it and the sure <laughs> I quote. Lots of views, lots of ours, lots of views. Uh, look, it kind of gives me the hints. Uh, I'll never be able to explain it, explain whether this was an incredible moment of sleep paralysis, my lucid dreaming extended so deeply due to the lack of sleep or a paranormal experience. It haunts me today. I don't sleep without a nightlight, and I refuse to put my children to sleep in the dark either. The best part? Horror movies are nothing to me now. I don't fuck with anything paranormal, though. I love how it's like, that's an upside. (laughs) That's an upside that I don't use. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I don't fuck with anything paranormal, though. I refuse to be near anything that may disrupt the ones in eternal rest, and I laugh my ass off when people claim that these events aren't real or cannot happen. I was a skeptic, but I will never be one again. Enjoy this tale. Sleep well and don't get sleep paralysis. I'm like, the second I read that, I was like, excuse me? We're going to get sleep paralysis right now. I've never had it before, but like tonight. Yeah. You're like, I'm forever knocking on wood. (laughs) Yeah. Literally just saying that. Oh my God. (sighs) So that was was the end of her story, but wow. So so creepy i just i don't even know like what that might have been i don't i don't know i know it wasn't lucid dreaming it wasn't well no because her mom was like a part of it there's no way Mm -hmm. it had to be some it had to be some shit it really just did yeah especially because it went away because of like her mom's name yeah yeah and her mom saying it not even just her yeah (sighs) some crazy shit dude Thank you guys so much for joining us for this first episode. Our uh, very so first do. wild ride has been so yeah, excited. Lots of uh, that was all over the place. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm excited for all the episodes to come, and that we finally have gone Me through too. our first episode. We're about to post it. I'm so excited. 
yeah, I finally got that one. You know, the first one's going to be the hardest. It's going to be the worst audio. So sorry <laughs> for that. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're working on it. Advanced. Next week should yeah, definitely be better. We'll have the parts ordered. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So, uh, you can follow us on social media, Instagram.com slash how eerie or at how eerie. That'll be in the show notes. Um, a direct link to that. Um, you can donate to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash how eerie. Um, and with that comes extra episodes, um, special merch. Uh, with each tier, it's listed, uh, what your, what you will be getting. And with the top tier, you can get the gift. Uh, you can go onto our website at howeerie.com. Uh, there you can submit your listener story. You can have a direct listen on Spotify or iTunes. Uh, you can go to our episodes and see all the episodes there, as well as all the stories and the links to our sources. Um, the links to the sources will also be in the bio. And on our Instagram, you will be able to find our pictures from this week. Um, give us a follow on there. You can see our photos each Friday and follow along with us while we tell you the story behind them. Um, and I think that is it. That is um, the end. All of that will be linked. That all of that will be linked in the description. But that is the end. Thank you so, so much for joining us. So so much for listening. We had so much fun telling each story. And yeah, we're excited for what's to come. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, stay eerie. Have a good one.